Who's playing music? That, Why do I hear music? It's it's our. Is it possible to turn it off? I had it off, and Michael turned it up. Just so you know. That Have guy, you if he can't before, if he can't bang on a microphone, he's <laughs> playing music in the background. Messed up. Mm-hmm. Hey, real uh, quick, I know that. Uh, never mind. We'll talk later. Hmm? I think we're going to talk a lot for a little bit. Yeah. Welcome to Always Parched. I'm here virtually again with two of my good friends this time. Well, actually, three. I see three yeah, of my geez, good friends. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, Dinger is actually back joining us again. And obviously, Micah. Um, we're still in quarantine edition. Day 255,642. And I will give you bonus points if either of you know what that number is from. The um, Broadway was show? Listening. <laughs> <laughs> Misty, I don't know how you put up with him. <laughs> Good thing what, he's so handsome. Yeah. What'd you say, Micah? It's the Broadway show, isn't it? Uh, there's a Broadway show named 255,642. <laughs> it's not the title, but it's in the song. 345,600 <laughs> See, I don't know if those are the real numbers, but that's called rent. Yeah. Or from rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I meant too. Still, we got lots of Pixar movies flying around here, and the newest, latest, greatest is Wally. That's how long they're in space before they come home. Anyways, ah, uh, okay, yes. All right. So, so that we've watched that a few times in the last few days. Um, anyways, that was random. Kicking it off a little Great. bit different today. Uh, today or in general we've i know i have i assume you guys have but we've talked a little bit about it mike in particular we've gotten a definite uptick in home bartending questions as people are still at home some writing out what is may or may not be the last few weeks here of uh quarantine before we start slowly integrating back into the real world but yeah we figured we kick off today's episode with a home bartending question from i'm gonna say a caller with air quotes but yeah it's actually uh, one of us knows her very well can you hear us misty i can oh okay <laughs> misty misty almondinger misty where are you calling from <laughs> <laughs> long time uh, first I time i was on my couch yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is kind of a couch this is not like a couch it's a hardwood it's bench. long that's our first recording studio that's right that's true uh anyways misty hit us with a question my question is what is your favorite variation of a margarita mm. Mm. i that is popular well i'd say margaritas in general are pretty popular because uh, very common a lot of people know them and i would say every time i'm in costco people are just taken stealing those margarita mixes off the shelf left and right so kind of a an easier one but um but micah and dinger i'm gonna let you guys feel this first and i know misty you have had your own margarita your own creation on a menu before just like me mm -hmm. a corrente yeah so what was that your favorite was your creation your favorite would you say i just turned um, around I even you asked. don't you don't have to be humble 
Tell it like it is. <laughs> I would say it was one of them. I think I would have preferred it to be a little bit more on the spicy side, but um, the taste and the visual aspect of it definitely was my favorite. It was a very photogenic cocktail. It was very... Absolutely. That it was. And a lot of times, I mean, it depends on... It was a del- delicious cocktail as well. So you have to give yourself that credit. Um, on a business standpoint, the aesthetics sometimes sell more than than it just being a good cocktail. You could have somebody order it down the bar and they see it and they're like, I don't care what it is. I want that. Which yep. so, was my goal. Because it and was you succeed. It was it was it was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So, <laughs> what was what was in yours again? Obviously, tequila. It was mm. a blanco. Um, there was the main ingredient that gave it the color was pitaya or dragon fruit. There's a peach puree, lemon, and agave nectar. Mm. Yeah, it was real like a bright pink. So it was I'm like saying. yeah, like magenta yep. fuchsia. Yeah. I mean, it was bright. Yep. Nice. Um, if you ever go to Nectar and get, um, I think it's called their Pink Flamingo. It's got that same brightness and color because of the pitaya. So I have to hmm. say that is where my idea began. What was really cool about the way that Misty brought this drink together was the uh, red dragon fruit or pink pitaya. I don't know what I don't know if they literally. What's what's with your connection? Whatever, but I don't know. I got keep, full bars. You keep freezing. That That's not just on my end, right? Well, you're getting the same thing? Yeah, I'm getting it too. It's too hot for the internet. They don't want to hear your, your hot take. <laughs> yeah. Say, she's got the best margarita. His mm-hmm. woe's doing it. He's hosting it. It's like, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Mute. What was it? The spiced apple one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, he just said spiced apple. <laughs> can you hear me yep how about now yes yes still still keep checking in every once in a while though because <laughs> yeah. we won't let you know <laughs> welcome to always parched quarantine edition <laughs> we're starting all the way over <laughs> all right so the really cool thing about misty's drink <laughs> Was that there's so many different types of dragon fruit and sh- not now you're frozen or you're standing very still. Now I don't even know what these two. <laughs> I know. Misty just like <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. So start it for the fourth time at <laughs> the interesting thing about Pattaya. So the cool part about this drink that Misty did is there's different types of pataya slash dragon fruit. There's pink pataya. That was what she used in the puree. So the cocktail was actually pink, but then the garnish was a white pulped dragon fruit. So she dehydrated slices of that. So you have this color contrast. I think that was one of the biggest selling points of the cocktail, besides the fact that it was delicious. I heard all of that, which I'm yeah, finally I'm glad. <laughs> yes. Sounds delicious. I don't think I actually made it in to try that, but it sounds delicious. No, I didn't either. I'm surprised. Oh, wow. That. Cool. Good friends. I know. <laughs> nice. Support. She appreciates that. I had it a couple times. You're just jealous that it, she outsold your drink. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> <laughs> 
wasn't going to add to it. Mm-mm. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, flipping it back to her question to us, what's our what's our favorite variation? Um. Mine definitely is some variation or just straight up the Thai margarita. Um, the uh, Thai margarita at the Gladly. I'm trying to recall what it is based off of what I've, since I've had it so many times, but a Blanco tequila, um, a lime syrup that they use. Um, but one of the biggest selling points is definitely the, uh, the rim they make, they make their own salted rim and, uh, I forget exactly all what goes into it. It's like Thai chili peppers and some other stuff. So it gives it a nice kick while you're drinking it. And so I'm, I'm definitely all about a spicy margarita. Also one of your wife's favorite drinks too. Definitely is. Is that one on tap too? Like their Manhattan? I, I think that it is. One, yeah. I think it is. Big seller. What about you, Dinger? What, you got a favorite variation on a margarita? I think I've got to the point to where I lost you. What about you, Micah? You got a favorite variation? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Despite the fact that I'm drinking a Paloma right now, I am unlikely to order a margarita. Tequila is not my spirit of choice. But with that said, I'm going to choose one for nostalgic reasons. Um, There's a place in Phoenix called Enchiladas or enchiladas, depending on what part of the country you're from. Uh, I go with aunt, no big deal. It doesn't mean I'm better than you, but it might. They, um, I'm going to go total showmanship here. Um, they, they do, like many other ones, do a margarita with a tiny Corona bottle dunked in with the little like uh, holder on the side. I don't know. It's, it's delightful to see a tiny little beer bottle dunked <laughs> in your margarita. So I'm going to go with that one just because... It's silly and whimsical in a way that I enjoy. Whimsical is probably not the right word, but I like it. Sometimes, you know, that's, that counts as much, that that counts for as much as a lot of other things. You know, some people take drinks very seriously, but I think there's definitely a uh, diminishing return when you do that because at the end of the day, you know, people like, you know, like with Misty's Margarita, like to, see fun things with their eyes also it's all about you know because i'm sure i'm not i know i'm not the first person to say this but you see the drink with your eyes before you even taste it so that's uh seeing something fun like that just already puts you in a in a good mood you know yeah and i think it's worth saying that um you know our heads aren't so far up our butts about the whole like drink thing and a a phrase you introduced a while back we're not we're not going to yuck your yum yeah. Like if, if you enjoy a thing, enjoy a thing. <laughs> I'm not going to cast judgment unless it's really awful, but for the most part, you know. Hey, I've, I've had Manhattans out of a bag before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like a margarita with a tiny Corona bottle dunked in it. <laughs> enjoy life. Uh, we got Dinger back, despite oh, some te- technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, yeah, just you're too hot for the internet over there. What's up? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. You probably can't even hear me right now. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> we got you still, at least. If you see me doing this, it means you're gone, or I just really dislike your take. So <laughs> yeah. I guess that's going to be confusing. Mitz Either way, gone. stop talking. <laughs> What'd you Mitz say? Is out. Yeah. Mitz is okay. out. Well, we appreciate her posing the question. Um, but uh, yeah, Dinger, if you have 
a variation that you want to share by all or means. if you want to get your face in frame there you go you know all i would say is my uh my variation is experimenting with different types of agave and spirits um tequila tequila is great um i like I've, I've finally found my you know specific brands that i like and enjoy because of the quality for sipping so in cocktail application, I like to get different flavor profiles from a mezcal. Uh, right now, I'm drinking, this is my quarantine margarita. Um, what I, I heard of the question of, of margaritas coming from our guest out of the East Coast who couldn't join us tonight, but she's going to join us soon, uh, about margaritas. So I went to make a variation. This is Fidencio Mezcal. It's their uh, classic. Espadine mezcal, small hand food, pineapple gum syrup, nice lime juice, and ice, and that's it. My favorite margarita. Never heard of that brand? Very simple: tequila, lime, agave. <clears throat> that's it. Very simple cocktail. No sour mix. No like crazy fruits. Whatever. Lime, sugar, tequila. That's it. So. I looked for those three components. I got lime juice in the fridge. I got Fidencio Mezcal in the cabinet. And I happen to have some pineapple gum syrup. So throw a little variation to the margarita with the pineapple gum from Small Hand Foods. I love Small Hand Foods. Their yeah. syrups, their yeah. gum, right? gums. Yeah. They do really yeah. good work. All I was going to say is uh, if you're not familiar with the gum syrup, gum syrup is like gum sugar. It's, a, it's basically a thicker... Uh, sugar component in a cocktail. Great mouthfeel. Ah, yes, nailed yeah, it. Mouthfeel. Easy way to uh, simplify that at home. It's just a two-part sugar, one-part water, simple syrup at home. You'll get different texture if you go to the gum syrup. But what I but like again, about basically the, a two to one. Yeah, but what I like about their gum syrup is you get like that thick, good mouthfeel added to the cocktail, but it actually Absolutely. doesn't have that much sugar in it. Like, um, I, I, shoot, I remember looking at it because it's in my Amazon cart right now, but it's, it's surprisingly low considering what you get out of it. So you get all the benefits, but none of the, uh, super sweetness. It's a great addition. Yeah. And it, it's about classic cocktail ingredients, uh, recipes that, you know, require those classic ingredients. They're not going crazy with all these you know, different flavors. It's very simple. There's raspberry, um, pineapple is what I have. Yeah. Uh, or jat. They have a, grenadine, a classic or tonic jat. syrup, true pomegranate grenadine. Yep. Tonic. Um, and then passion fruit. You yep. that? Yeah. That's what that I was use kind of the, for my riding the pines. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, what your, your take on a, on your, um, favorite variation on a margarita was kind of a great segue into basically, you know, you're, you're, you're saying what I'm hearing is that you just really like to play with some various substitutions for these things. Um, you know, from mezcal to, you know, maybe a different syrup sure. or something like that. But, uh, so this kind of gets to the theme Well, we're like a half hour in the theme of the episode, <laughs> the, which, uh, which is derived from, or kind of distilled from, uh, a, a book that I've come across and have been reading a little bit more lately. It's, it's been out for a little while now. It's called cocktail codex. Um, and the, their theme is that there are only six cocktails and 
six and the six cocktails are not all cocktails that I would have immediately thought of for being the most distilled version of, of, of cocktails in general. Um, and the most like fundamental ones you would need to know to, 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 uh, make variations and, and make other drinks. So for instance, the margarita is according to the, the book is a sidecar variation. So I found that to be very interesting. I uh, would not have pegged that as a sidecar variation. Have you guys ever heard of anything like that? Well, I got to say that uh, two episodes ago, you mentioned the Cocktail Codex, and it's a book I wanted but didn't know exactly what it was about. I just was going to buy it either way. But I am super intrigued about the idea of all drinks essentially deriving from the six or the premise of their book. I right. I'm just going to be an active listener. I feel like this episode, I'm going to learn some stuff. Hopefully I can contribute a little bit, but I'm here to learn. Hmm. Well, I'm having, I'm not, a, I won't pretend to be an expert um, on. Oh, then I'm uh, out. Okay. Uh, I'm just <laughs> going to read it. We're just going to read it. Have you seen all the celebrities reading like children's <laughs> books? <laughs> now, like, stuff? Um, I am excited about It's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's, I've been told about this book a lot, and a colleague of mine actually uses it a lot during um, uh, presentations to certain accounts. So I know it's just a wealth of knowledge and, and great cocktail creation tool. Um, as far as were, were you asking if there was a if we had known of the book or the correlation of a sidecar relating to a margarita? the correlation or if you'd ever made that connection yourself or ever thought about that, I guess, cause I had not, not at all. So I never did. But if you look at, yeah, if you recipe, think about it, yeah. right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. But in my mind, so let me give Cognac, you a lemon sugar. Um, in my mind, citrus margarita is just so much more, you know, popular that would have come to my mind first as being like, Oh, maybe that was, that was where sidecar came from. But I know that a sidecar is a very classic old traditional cocktail, so it makes sense that maybe that would be where the margarita came from. But in any event, um, uh, I will. I just thought this might be a good time to kind of talk about this book a little bit. Again, I don't. I don't. I'm not an expert. I've just. Um, I haven't read it cover to cover, but I've definitely gone through enough of it to really appreciate their the argument that they're making and the concept that they've kind of introduced. Um, and I. Like I said, I think it's just a good time to maybe talk about it a little bit just because, again, getting all these questions from people like, hey, what is a good, how can I make a good spicy cocktail? Like I got that from a, a friend of mine over the weekend and he loves um, old fashions and margaritas. And so immediately my thought was, well, you can easily do a spicy margarita, you know, that's one of my favorites. And um substituting certain certain things in and out but he's just not used to that you know like being able to just oh can i just mess can i just take one thing and, and change it uh to change the drink entirely what in the hell is so funny <laughs> i just i'm hearing so much noise from the background I, yeah I just me too i just guys. i'm rolling well, through it i was I'm shocked that you it. hadn't said anything yet i could get a two i could get a, a sheet of plywood and just put it up over that thing. <laughs> Real quick. I've given up on trying to get uh, audio perfection. These are, <laughs> but the last time was my fault because I didn't have the right microphone turned on. So that's all me. Well, the first step is admitting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. 
All right. So the book, Mike, you mentioned it, but it is the follow-up release from the authors um, from the Death & Co book, which does hold a little bit of a special place in my heart just because that was the first book I read talking about technique and everything that really introduced a lot of those concepts to me. Uh, but again, this one is much more geared towards um, drink making, not uh, creating cocktails, not just uh, the fundamentals of shaking versus stirred and all of that stuff. As I stated, the book makes the argument that there are six classic cocktails from which all other cocktails are derived, which is kind of crazy to think about given how many drinks you know there are out there and on the menus across the world. Um, and so the authors really focused on three different things. They focused on core, balance, and seasoning. And the core mostly being, you know, what the, the main spirit that's used in the drink, balancing it with uh, anywhere from, you know, citrus to bitters, and then the seasoning, which usually it can appear in a bunch of different forms, anywhere from the garnish to the bitters or something like that. And they really just talk about what they do is they take those six drinks and talk about how those can be transformed into all of the other kind of also classic drinks that we also know and love today um, and how those those variations kind of came about by when you tweaked one thing you also had to maybe tweak something else to to gain a balance and then they really just encourage you to take all of that and do do your thing with tweaking it also you know so if you change this this is what you need to kind of look out for and so i think it's a really good book for anybody that's out there uh that's interested in trying to find out how to to make something on your own if you are just trying to be creative or also just you know see how a lot of these drinks are related or or make some of these drinks yourselves at home but um what was really nice is how it breaks down the six drinks by their ratios by what's in them and then from there you can start subbing in and out anyways that's kind of the general premise of the book so uh unless you guys have any questions about that i would i'll go straight into what the six cocktails are let's hear them let's hear it okay so some of these will not surprise you and some of them might because some of them surprise me old-fashioned martini Daiquiri, the sidecar, which we talked a little bit about, the whiskey highball, and the flip. So, any of those six, what do you think? Any of those surprise you guys? Flip surprises so, me. So, the flip covers anything with egg in it, I suppose. You know, that. So that was my first reaction as well, because I was thinking, I don't drink that many things with egg, even you know, egg, egg or egg white. Um, but it's actually more the texture that it really kind of boils down to for them. So the creaminess of it. Uh, so that actually also includes, um, things like the pina colada, um, white Russian, Irish coffee, eggnog. So I don't think any of those actually have egg in it, but it's using, whether it be, um, cream of coconut or um i'm trying to think well you got milk and yeah russian you got eggnog doesn't have egg in it egg in the eggnog oh yeah eggnog. but that's what surprised me the flip is like i would think a sour would be closer to a, a a more more of a structure to build off of than a flip like flip is so specific you got the yolk in it the way they 
kind of broke it down for a flip was they kind of profile each ingredient and kind of what characteristics they identified in those that really relate to the variations or the extensions thereof and was a spirit and a rich ingredient. So the basically a spirit, some sort of richness, and then aromatic spices. So that's kind of how they identify the flip because the classic uh, okay. recipe for a flip is two ounces of fortified wine, an ounce or uh, an, a whole egg, two teaspoons of demerara syrup, and then garnish with nutmeg. And, you know, I, I mentioned that to Whitney and I said, have you, I would not have, I was telling her about the book and just the concept in general. And she thought it was super interesting. And I told her about that drink cause I know she'd never really heard of it. And she's like, I would, that sounds gross. I wouldn't even think about it, you know, based mostly off the egg. And then I kind of explained, well, you know, you like, I'm, I know you've had and enjoy a pina colada and that's how they kind of, they say that's not that far off just because of the cream of coconut. And that's, that's how they kind of extended it from there. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the surprising ones to me. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'll go back to the surprising for me is how to build off it. But when you say, you know, what you just did, you think about having a flip cocktail or a sour, anything with an egg white or whole egg or yolk or whatever, you don't really taste the egg. No, you're right. It's, it's a hundred percent on texture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, in terms of it, not summarizing the entire book, but I, I was just going to highlight maybe two of those drinks and, talk about how those can be changed to kind of make either some other well-known drinks or um, for people at home to make some of the, some variation thereof or something, you know, if they have an ingredient that they can sub out, you know, or say are missing ingredient and they have something else they can sub in and out, um, start playing around. Cause two of them kind of stood out to me as uh, being ones that people might have, stuff in their house to start making things off. And that one, that was the sidecar. Um, not necessarily the sidecar, but variations thereof. Because for instance, like we kicked off the show was the margarita. You know, a lot of people are making those right now. So the sidecar, for instance, profile of that, how they profiled it is a spirit and a substantial amount of a flavorful liqueur and citrus to balance it. And like I said, I would not have thought of a margarita being a variation of a sidecar. But when you talk about that profile, that does match it, you know, very, very closely. I know, and one thing was, Dinger, you, I think you said your kind of ideal uh, recipe for a margarita is tequila, lime juice, and syrup. And classic margarita... And they give you some variations to play with, but a classic margarita they've identified as, you know, two ounces of a Blanco tequila, uh, three quarter ounce Cointreau, three quarter ounce fresh lime juice, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup. Um, but I, I don't like use... A sponsored recipe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if um, I don't actually use Cointreau very often in them, but, but uh, sounds like you don't either. I think it just adds too much sugar. Yeah. I think tequila. Uh, also, I would go further and say that a, a, a triple sec or a Cointreau 
will assist in masking a poorly made tequila. Mm-hmm. You get a you get a, a low, you know, you want to save some money, you get that mixto tequila or a, a, a low end Blanco, I would say most 100% agave tequilas are, are pretty quality, but you know, there's some that cut corners. So hmm. okay. I think that those components could mask it. I think if you can make a balanced drink with just 100% agave tequila, lime juice, sugar, with in, in the form of agave nectar to start, you can substitute anything else out, outside of that. But if you can so make a balanced drink that tastes good, then then you got a good quality tequila. If you have to add things to mask it, then different story. It still could be a great cocktail. Yeah. What's, in, against it. what's interesting about that is if you remove that liqueur altogether, that does take it out from what I, from their arguments, from what they're talking about, that seems to take it out of the sidecar profile because one of the big identifiers for a sidecar profile is a flavorful liqueur. And let me, I'll even back up real quick and say the classic specs for a sidecar is an ounce and a half of cognac, an ounce of Cointreau, three quarter ounce lemon juice. And then a modern take on that might have a little bit of a, like a teaspoon of simple syrup and using a dry curacao instead of a Cointreau or something like that. But um, obviously one of the main players is the, is the Cointreau or um, citrus liqueur there. Right. Orange liqueur. So, yeah. Um, so one, some of the notable variations of a sidecar, in addition to a margarita that a lot of people probably have heard of, are White Lady Cosmopolitan, uh, Long Island Iced Tea. Uh, they derive the last word from a sidecar because of the uh, strong presence of the green chartreuse obviously um corpse reviver number two and the pegu cocktail club um, cocktail i think those are all like i said those are all notable variations of a sidecar uh that really just substitute um either the core or really uh just balance out a little bit differently depending on what what flavor profile they're using Again, I, one of those things that stuck out to me is a, another surprise was the last word. I would not have associated that or correlated that closely with um, sidecar. All of these cocktails, I've based on like the ratios, I've I've always kind of heard them referred to as daisies. Like the the daisy profile is a is a very simple way to create cocktails. So I think they kind of fall in that category, and it's another way to experiment as a home bartender to look but, at that template i so explain that a little bit i don't what, what do you Spirit, mean by daisy? sugar citrus it's like it's, it's just it's like a margarita you got majority spirit you got portion sugar portion citrus build off that if you want to add but you know to go off your your basic cocktail of or not the, your basic cocktail but the the, the margarita that you had with Cointreau or the sidecar with Cointreau, if you take out that ingredient, like I suggest, because I like, you know, more simple showcase, the base spirit type cocktails. If you're taking out Cointreau because there's so much sugar in that, you have to offset that. You have to, you have to compensate for that ingredient coming out. Right. The balancing. So, yeah. The balancing. So I think the daisy is the way where it's just you have your base spirit, you have your sugar component, you have your 
acid component or citrus. And then if you need to add a little bitter to kind of balance those out, it's an easy way to, you know, have fun at home. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, going back to the last word, that is a good example of how if you take or say you, you substitute in um, three quarter ounce of a, of a green chartreuse instead of a Cointreau, you know, those are, those are very different <laughs> liqueurs with very different flavor profiles and a, and a green chartreuse is going to take over a drink real fast as we know. Uh, you're going to have to balance out those other ingredients uh, because it's not, you would not be able to just, to your point, Dinger, just sub out green chartreuse for a Cointreau. You're, you're going to have to start right. balancing out the same out ratio. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, um, and they had like a dry variation. So uh, going back to the book a little bit, <clears throat> the way it's organized, I do really like the way it's organized. I think you guys will enjoy it or appreciate it as well. So each of these um, chapters and each of these drinks, they start off with what the, a little bit of a background, they don't go into a huge history of it. They leave that to kind of other, other books that if they really want to dive into the history of a specific drink, um, talk about kind of what the classic recipe was, and then a little bit more of a modern take on it. You know, like in old fashioned, they say the classic would have been a sugar cube with bitters, but now, you know, they would, they would always use a syrup because, to make sure that it properly is diluted in there and, and that, you know, cause the sugar cube will, might not break down and you might not have a consistent old fashioned the way you would with a syrup. But um, so they start with that, give you a modern take on it, give you a little bit of a background on the um, spirits or liqueurs that go into it and then start to give you sub some variations that, that sub out the core. So subbing out, you know, the, um, cognac for the gin or something else and then also give you some that highlight what it's like to mess with the balancing like the last word um, just some variations of the sidecar which really closely match it or just general extensions of it but it's it's done really well and one thing I kind of like is and you guys can kind of <laughs> listeners cannot see but you guys can kind of see is how they you know do um, little branching they show how they branch out like that very but. visually appealing. So that's the sidecar. It um, looks like a pretty sizable book. Is it a bigger or, or as big or smaller than the aviary book? Just smaller, for... smaller than the aviary book. Okay. That thing is massive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's roughly the same size as the Death & Co. If you have that. Okay. Great. Um, well, the only other one I was going to talk about a little bit was the daiquiri. Um, Again, just because I think the variations on that are closely tied to a lot of popular drinks that I know, again, a lot of friends drink and are always, and when they're asking for kind of uh, new, new different variations on it, they, that's some of their first go-tos. For instance, uh, either a Tom Collins or a Moscow Mule. Um, what's some other ones that I saw? Amaretto Sour. Um, and generally a daiquiri, you know, that's a whiskey sour or bee's knees or something like that. That's, I know we enjoy that, but, um, those all stem off the daiquiri. So my, my last little tidbit on this before we can kind of move into something else, unless you guys have some stuff you want to say on it is just to give the listeners at least the, again, the core kind of breakdown of the daiquiri 
and then use that to start playing around with it, start making some variations and, and kind of uh, trying things on your own. And so the classic breakdown of the daiquiri is two ounces of rum. So the two ounces of spirit, three quarter ounce uh, citrus. So the three quarter ounce lime juice and three quarter ounce uh, simple syrup with a lime wedge on it. Um, that when they do an update, they kind of break, split the rum into a, a rum agricole or white rum, but, and they up the, the citrus to a one ounce of lime juice instead of three quarter ounce lime juice. But uh, it's such a straightforward, easy recipe that you can start subbing things in and out, you know, lemon juice or pineapple juice or some other juice instead of lime. And then I hate to say it, but even if it's vodka and you're just doing a vodka with a, you know, a juice that you like and some, a little bit of a sweetener or something, then that that's all going to, I don't know. It, I think that's an easy plug and play method for uh, people that are just at home and looking at their cupboards and, and trying to figure out something they can make. Agreed. <laughs> uh that's all i really got on the book though i mean i think it's a good book I, w- I definitely recommend it to uh to people to to if they're just interested in learning about about drinks and how to and how they all break down and stuff so sounds like it has all the 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 ingredients for intro home bartender yeah but also the depth of anybody who wants to just really get nerdy into it they do have sections about the advanced like advanced technique section sections in each thing yeah. too so that's where i actually read the sous vide stuff for making the syrup so that is something that you know i might try my neighbor or whoever that's really just trying to do something different than a moscow mule or a boulevardier or something like that is is not likely going to try <laughs> It did. The reading this definitely did inspire me to enjoy a sidecar. We didn't even talk about what we're. Oh, I guess we did talk a little bit about what we're drinking. <laughs> I didn't, and it's good. I forgot. I haven't had one in a long time. But uh, I was like, I gotta go back and try this sidecar thing. It's tasty. I like it. So, uh, two thumbs up from my end, and you guys can maybe uh, on a future episode when you guys actually have your books delivered you can yeah, mine is may 7th tell me uh by may 7th of next year <laughs> i haven't placed the order but i definitely will be it it sounds like something i could really dive into i was gonna say you mentioned tom collins and uh i, I was gonna pat myself on the back because i unintentionally came up with a pretty awesome tom collins riff that tastes kind of like a uh, last word, Tom Collins. Mm-hmm. It, it was an ounce and a half of gin, a uh, half ounce of orgeat, half ounce of lime, and exactly three drops of rose water. I and, did see this. Yeah, yeah. I, I was telling you guys about it. And, yeah. Um, oh, and topped with lime Perrier mineral water. Where do you get it, so? Lime, lime Perry, I mean, pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I, Safeway. I thought you were talking about a, a specific, I thought you were going to say like a specific Trader Joe's lime, something or other. Uh, nope. It, uh, yeah, it, I was trying to come up with a mocktail for B and, uh, one that wasn't just all sugar and the only real additive, if you take out the gin, obviously, 
the orgeat, but that's that's a pretty low sugar count. So it was a nice and the mineral water really plays well with it. I think it would that would be for some reason the rose water tastes kind of like maraschino when you add all the things together. So hmm. um, super finicky though, that rose water you can Oh yeah. Exactly three dots. Just drops. Like, yeah. Not, One four not, drops, you're not done. Not three dashes, but three drops. Yeah, more than that. Yeah. Too much. It's funny when I see in some of these books, not just this book, but other books, when they when they give their recipes on how to make, you know, a specific syrup or whatever, and it's like five hundred and forty grams to one hundred grams of this or something like that. And I'm just like that is so specific, you know, like I know if I'm measuring something out and it's a little under or like I ran out of some sugar or ran out of, or accidentally poured a little bit over, I'll usually taste, oh, this is still good for mixing it into a drink. And they're just so specific on that stuff. And I'm just like, how do they, I want to know how they landed on that number versus like 500 to 100 or 520 to 100. You know what I mean? But Micah's, I don't know, Micah's saying three drops exactly of rose water. Yeah. It's, yeah, but rose water is an ingredient that is, is, you can go too far real quickly. Sugar, right? Who's going to, who's going to tell? If you're your only critic, you can, you can be off on it. But if you've got, you know, some of the country's best ambassadors, critics, (laughs) yeah consumers whatever coming into your place you got to maintain consistency so oh, can you see it micah yep okay what am All i right. freezing again no <laughs> myers is right here. Uh-huh. oh myers i've got my backup drink let me get oh, it wait, we don't know him right this is a guest <laughs> yeah we don't know him. i think we've we've given up on that oh my how's, uh, how's my audio coming through we got gotcha. you all right i hear you yeah, our last episode, I didn't switch over to the microphone, so I was it was all the computer audio, and it sounds awful. You both sound good to me. What question did you guys already answer? Don't you worry about it. Okay. <laughs> you have to listen to find out. What if I ask the exact same question? Mm. Well, then, well, then I've already got an answer. Very good at preparing. Right. Then this episode is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah Dinger's oh. already tried his hardest to ruin this episode. Yeah, we've what? already fielded that. How? Technical difficulties. Ah, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we've completed our. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about a recommendation for a good for an approach, at least that uh, we came across for mixing up drinks and uh, trying to play with trying to trying to play with variations on on classics. But uh, in keeping with our home bartending theme, we figured we'd start. We'd field another question. A caller, quote unquote caller. So what is your question for us, Mr. Myers? Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am on my phone, so technically a caller. Uh, <laughs> it's a question. It's also kind of a general subject because I don't even know enough about it to like ask a specific question. Um, bitters, they just confuse me. I'm not even sure I know what any of them taste like. I don't know how much of them to use. So a lot you could uh, inform me about. What a dumb question. Next caller. <laughs> Good point. I'll hang up. <laughs> uh, who, wants, who wants to kick it off? Should I feel like the it, professional to the should, expert. should field this one. I mean, I got some knowledge. We could start with like, how, are the, how is it made? Like, what is it? What, what's common about all, all bitters? All right. 
So bitters are basically high proof spirit with a maceration of a certain flavor. So a, a, a good majority of bitters are going to be made with a neutral grain. And then that's the easiest way to get a flavor into them. But it's maintained, it, it's kept at a high proof so that the way that I always describe bitters is, is kind of a comparison to baking. Okay. If you take like an extract, right? You take almond extract. No recipe ever calls for a lot of it, right? It's a tiny little bit. Right. But then everything tastes like almonds. So it's the same thing with bitters. It's a way to add flavor without volume is the easy approach. But yeah. then flavor the technical like side it. of it, technical side is to uh, assist in, I would say, fine tuning the balance of a cocktail. So the way I've typically described it uh, in keeping with that theme, at least in keeping with being as simplistic as possible is, is just kind of like salt on food. You, get, you, know? you guys got to keep it real simple for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you don't add a lot of, you know, you can get a lot out of salt with, with very little bit and you can quickly overuse it. And that's kind of how I treat bitters. Um, and the way that I had learned to kind of taste bitters to maximize the flavor that you get out of it in order to really get a good idea of what it tastes like and where maybe you want to try using it is to put mm -hmm. a few drops into some like seltzer water or something like that. Just a few ounces of that and kind of know. let it, let it, uh, give it a few seconds to really kind of fill the glass and then taste that. And you should be able to pull maybe more. It's not as an intense as it would be just to have a couple drops. And that really will bring out, the flavor that maybe you're looking for to add to something. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I've got oh, seltzer yeah. and I'm going to figure <laughs> out what my bitters taste like. Cause I've got, <laughs> I've got a couple of them, not you know, like, like six maybe. And I really still to this day, you know, I use them in recipes that call for them, but I've never been able to figure out how to do a taste test to know if I like that as an addition or not, or if I'd like a different one. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like that idea. I think another way to taste test them too, sometimes they're so potent that just tasting them as uh, through like an, as an aromatic is more than tasting them on your palate. So a lot of times people like if you, you they'll put a little drop on the back of their hand, like one tiny drop and then taste mm -hmm. it. But even so it's a high proof alcohol. It's an extract. So it right. can blow your palate out. So sometimes yeah. I've seen where we uh, we drop them on the palm of the hand, rub it together almost like a perfume because bitters also will add to a cocktail with aromatics and not just uh, flavor or balancing out the sugar. Oh, interesting. Uh, do either of you guys want to give some, and some of your favorite, do you guys have favorite bitters that you like to use um, in some of the drinks that you make? I can tell you which one that I believe is overrated. <laughs> uh -oh. I would expect nothing less from you. I'm just going to continue on my crusade that <laughs> aromatic bitters is overrated. In general? Like, like even Angostura? Especially <laughs> Angostura. Oh, shit. Hot Come take. On. You want to fight? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> That's a new take. I have not heard that one before. What are you talking about? We talked about it last episode. Yeah, I know, but uh, I wasn't on that last episode. Yeah, Dinger wasn't on that. I just finished uh, listening to it. 
<laughs> I don't remember that far back, Mike. Did you? Were you so adamant about Angostura being terrible? Uh, I didn't say terrible. I just well, not terrible. I but... said overrated because we've in the past talked about it being the salt and pepper, kind of the yeah. the general go to, and I don't like that. You don't like if, the reference or you don't like the flavor profile of Angostura? Both, but oh, more specifically, uh, for me, if I'm making a cocktail, I'm, I'm not looking for general salt and pepper. I'm looking for the exact bitters that needs to be in this drink. Such a purist. And okay. often aromatic is not the one, especially Angostura is never the one for me. That is funny because well, many people like Angostura, so there goes all of our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Angostura. I've sunk so many sponsorships. <laughs> We're done. I'll try to save it by saying I think Angostura is the bridge between flavors in like 80% of cocktails. <laughs> like a lot of drinks, I think Angostura brings together some flavors very well. And I don't know, and maybe some other aromatics would do that, but Angostura just that it's just such an easy go-to. Um, well, how about this? If it goes in <laughs> everything, then it doesn't go in anything. I would say that it goes in many things. It's, it's, I would say it's a staple. It's a key ingredient for your home bar. But on the topic that Myers is bringing in on how to experiment with bitters and how to use them and understanding them, then that's not the one to play with. Because it is... It's it's bitter it's cinnamon it's 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 it's, the most mysterious one to me because it i don't have a reference for what aromatic tastes like like almond and i get that (laughs) um so that's one that i just don't i don't know what to expect so it's like i want to be looking for a flavor but but i guess you were just starting to describe what that one tastes like do all aromatic ones taste that way or is that just theirs uh the most if somebody's gonna okay so if if there's a bitters company they make an aromatic bitters and an orange bitters. Basically every single bitters company makes those two and then they'll go from there. You know, they might make things that are unique to their brand. Um, we have a brand in our portfolio that, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that most are made from a neutral grain and then um, a maceration of whatever ingredient they want the, the, the flavor to be, if it's an orange or, or a, cherry or you know whatever you've seen all the lime bitters uh, lavender bitters whatever so this company uses high proof spirits that are going to complement whatever flavor they're going for best so uh the company's bitter cube say they're blackstrap molasses bitters it's a molasses bitters sugar bitters so the base of it is a high proof rum cherry bark and vanilla bitters the base of it is a whiskey because those flavor profiles go best with you know it's going to complement it better instead of just doing like like basic neutral here's your flavor throw it in it's going to help in whatever cocktail and it it also kind of helps in in how to understand what drinks we should apply these bitters to right because you look at the look at your flavor what do you want to extract? Take your spirit. What comes, what, what flavors come from that spirit? Right. I think the best example is gin, right? There's, there's like anywhere from what, six to 12, 14 
different ingredients, herbs, botanicals, what do you want to showcase the most out of it? So bitters are a way to pull and highlight things from a spirit. And uh, let me uh, give you my, maybe two other quick takes on it. Well, first let me give you my favorites. Um, I, I mean, aside, like Dinger said, Angostura, I think is a staple. Um, but I really like the local brand Mikasa, right? Arizona Bitter Lab. <laughs> or, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Arizona Bitter Lab Mikasa bitters is their aromatic bitters. Um, and I think they're really good. They also have an orange one, um, but I really, I use sunshine. their Mikasa and I really, orange sunshine things. Maybe you should just tell them. Um, and <laughs> and what does we like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they have a figgy pudding one and that figgy pudding one, I, Micah puts everything in his coffee, but I, I usually put that <laughs> in my coffee. Um, so figgy pudding in my coffee in like cold brew or something is, that's delicious. Um, those and then typically other bottles that that get used often are like either uh are usually scrappies or re like a regan's orange bitters or uh scrappies orange bitters and i really like scrappies um uh cardamom bitters and grapefruit bitters and i'm sure there's some others that i use a lot but those kind of are what stick out in my head as being some of the most oft used bitters in my uh stash the other thing i was going to mention is that it when I'm creating a drink and looking at, and, and I mean like creating one from scratch, maybe I'm just messing around and just trying to put together some flavors that I don't, you know, I'm starting with one flavor and trying to see what I can add to it. There's a really good book, the flavor Bible. Um, you know, it's used chefs and cocktail enthusiasts alike, I'm sure to kind of, and there's, it, it kind of breaks down or lists, I should say, different flavors, how they pair well with others. And so when I was creating, actually when I was creating that drink for the Campari competition last year, I was doing a gin drink and mixed in like a rhubarb liqueur and something else. And there was like something missing. And I remember I looked through that flavor profile or flavor Bible. Was that I the saw, ingredients that you forgot at the office? No, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, I didn't forget any off. Um, this one didn't wind up being anything with this, but I, I think cardamom or something was something that paired with rhubarb. If I'm not mistaken, it was a year ago or something, but, but I was like, Oh, and I threw like a dash or two of cardamom in there. The cardamom bitters and man, that really brought the whole thing together and it was really good. And without that, it does, there's something definitely, it's not something I think I would drink very often, but with it, it, it tasted really good. So that's a good way to incorporate bitters are a good way to incorporate flavors like that without having to bring in, you know, an entire new bottle of booze or, or new liqueur or something like that. I definitely feel like I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I, I, well, I started out learning a lot and then I got confused again. And now I think I'm coming <laughs> back around. I think I, I get it a little bit. You're a smart guy. I know you, I see Sorry. books back there. Um, yep. There is a bitters book. And I don't think there's probably a better, uh, a better writing, a better piece of literature on, on this topic than bitters itself uh, by Brad Parsons, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know if Micah or Dinger, you guys know that book or, or have it or have read it. You're, I mean, it's a really good question because it is such a small component of a drink, but can change it quite a bit. And so in my mind, 
I haven't spent a lot of time reading that book because I'm diving into some of these other ones that really talk about the main ingredients and in drinks and stuff and not just the like, you know, little dropper bottles that you add like two or three dashes of. Um, but it's a really good book that it says it talks about some of the history and it talks about um, how to make your own bitters um, and it has a bunch of different ones. And then obviously it has a bunch of different cocktails that you uh, can try with a couple different of those bitters. So I've only got two things to add. One, I like dash fire bitters out of Minnesota and two, what you drinking? Talking to me or him? <laughs> Mike. Uh, I am drinking a, three of us. Uh, a yeah. rum Negroni. Nice. Uh, nice. Just switched over to the rum based off a of woes recommendation like a couple weeks ago. Didn't, didn't even realize that was an option and I'm a rum guy. So that blew my mind and I love it. No, that's awesome. Mike, uh, woe and I had a, a rum Negroni at cotton and copper. Not too I long think ago. I am. Right. Is that yeah, where this I, come from? I was going to say, I think comes it's from? very shortly after that, that I recommended it to him. Nice. So good. Yeah. That was really good. So I, yeah, I definitely endorse that. That is a delicious drink. Yeah. And I'm all about the rum these days. So Mike and I have talked about it ad nauseum probably, but the tiki, I'm all in, all in on the tiki movement during this quarantine. Corn tiki. Yep. I'm totally out of rum. Oh. Yeah. I'm out of a lot of things. I am working my way through the home bar. It's, it's looking thin. <laughs> I am the, I've, whatever, for every bottle that you've been knocking out, Micah, I have added one to my collection for sure. Um, <laughs> because of just trying different things in this, uh, in this quarantine time. And, and I will give uh, a little shout out to, you know, Century Grand and Undertow, those guys, because of the retail, they converted their stuff to retail now. So you can go over there if anybody is in that, in the area, in the Arcadia area near 36th Street and Indian School. They uh, now are doing little virtual happy hours and then they will put together, they, they'll tell you what goes in the drinks, then they'll sell it for retail where you can come pick it up curbside and they've opened up the shop online. It's, it's very convenient and dangerously so for somebody like me because like I literally ride my bike over there, grab a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) They also are releasing a lot of their like limited edition tiki cups too. Yeah. Yep. That's true. They do little, uh, little lotteries for some of the ones where they only have like four or five of them and it's good. You know, it's nice because uh, those funds are all going to support their staff during the times when the, where it's close so better yeah right (laughs) well thanks for your question mike if it should i don't know if you guys already did it i stepped out for half a second but uh it should not go with that we should not go without noting that there are currently four michaels on good point Mm -hmm. yeah i did i did think about that earlier well you you just became a part of the podcast i do have i mean i don't know what your your time limit is i do have another question that i was curious about Uh, well you got about taking them all night long (laughs) these guys might drop out but i'll be here (laughs) you can you can you can you can skip it if you want but in my mind the best cocktails are ones that require the minimum number or maybe the magic number like three ingredients those are my favorite because they're so simple easy and you can get them right you can perfect them do you think all of the great 
three combination drinks have already been made or is there unexplored territory out there? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, just given, <laughs> given the history of drinks, you would, your reaction, my reaction would be like, I don't know how you, where you even start to come up with a new three ingredient cocktail. Right. That being no. said, I come across personally as, but my qualifications are quite, quite low. <laughs> uh, some new ingredients from time to time that I have not either A, had heard of or B, had ever thought to purchase or anything like that. And maybe there may be something in line with that, but, and I'm talking about like maybe some spiritual liqueurs that come from regions that are just not common in this area. So like whether that be South America or uh, an Asian country or something like that. So, you know, I, for instance, I don't mess with, or I've, I don't really have any drinks in my portfolio that include sake. Um, and maybe there's a great three ingredient drink already out there with sake. I imagine that there is, um, I don't even have any in my stash, but you know, I, I, I bet that there is, I'm just not aware of it. So I think that should be I'd everybody's to, goal. I'd have to agree. There's, I think there's a lot of ingredients. There's classic ingredients that, or I shouldn't say classic ingredients, but, um, ingredients that historically were made hundreds of years ago that are now coming back because of the cocktail culture. So we're, we're, we're not getting new spirits or new modifiers coming in, but some of them coming back. And then on the second side, there's, uh, there's craft distilleries that are making their version of something. So, if they bring a flavor profile that's more predominant in 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 a white bitter or uh you know like say saint or or an, or a a classic bitter aperitivo saint george they're bruto they're americano aperitivo right like there how many aperitivos are out there bitter liqueurs are out there but yet theirs is really heavy in rosemary so it just does something different to a cocktail so you could have maybe the same three styles, but that make a different profile because yeah. of that. That's a good point. Just a, a, you know, same, same recipe or similar recipe, at least uh, to a drink you're very familiar with, like a Negroni or something like that, but you sub that in and it's just a different taste than, than maybe anyone's really had before just because there maybe someone has not made a, a real a strong rosemary type of aperitivo before or something like that so. so so i guess i would modify my question slightly to make it more that certainly there's combinations out there that people haven't tried but i want to know if there's going to be one that sticks and becomes like just a classic new classic yeah hmm it could i'm going to say use uh heirloom alchemies that is an ingredient that hasn't that this was first produced in like the ninth century or something like it dates dates way back wasn't originally produced as a liqueur but when the italians got a hold of it they turned it into a liqueur i think there's one there's there's two in the world that are currently being produced and one micah is out of minnesota mm. 
So you got to check that one out. I was going to say, I heard that Orjat in Rosewater is the new hotness. <laughs> I don't know. I more just than feel... three drops though. <laughs> yeah. You go more than three drops. You're, you're total garbage. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, things like that. I mean, this is, a, this is a, nobody in the cocktail culture has ever used this in this ingredient. The so, one's one that does that, uh, that pineapple Amaro, right? They do a pineapple Amaro, a Genepi, a uh, floral liqueur called creme de flora, and then the alchemy. Naturally colored. It's uh, cinnamon, green cardamom, cassia, clove, angelica, maybe? Rose? I don't know, man. I yeah, I'm going to go good. out on a Check limb and, and say no. <laughs> now, the more I think about it, not because that somebody's not going to create a drink, another drink that is deserving of it, but I feel like people, there's so much experimentation across the country and across the world right now that, you know, probably 10 or 15 people are coming up with something similar and for one per so for like the manhattan or the uh which was you know allegedly named after the manhattan club or whatever for it to have like one specific place of origin um and be and keep that name and then you know be able to spread across you know the country or whatever as being the manhattan i feel like i don't know if i could see that happening again because i feel like somebody might come up with the drink here at whatever undertow or something like that. And they're not, not going to call it the undertow because there's three other tiki bars across the country that if they saw that, they'd say we have something just like that or mm -hmm. near close to it. So we're just going to call it that. We're not going to call it the undertow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, I think that's different. What do you, well, if you were to say what, what is the average year where classic cocktails were created what would you say i don't know do, do you have an answer or are you just asking me <laughs> i'm asking you oh. <laughs> to start yeah price is right i have a, I have a point yeah. i have a point dollar bob <laughs> there's no answer i mean i'm not I'm, I'm saying what's your perception on it because yeah. you know i guess my point is when okay so now the second question when was the cosmopolitan invented, created, discovered? That same, 19, era, that same era. 1920, yeah. No, like 1980s, 1990s. Yeah, 1980s. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, and it's, so if, if uh, and it's and a what? sidecar, I was trying to remember what we were talking about. It's a sidecar variation, or no, a daiquiri <laughs> variation. Yeah. But it's got its own name. You make right. something that is popular and you've created the name and it's not a recipe, then of course it could be the next classic. Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan is considered a classic, right? I would agree with that. That, that would fit into my yeah. categories, yeah. Yeah. Dak, uh, so I disagree. Whoa. I <laughs> okay. Think that You're allowed. A, a new classic can still be created. It's just going to... It's not going to happen for another like 40 years. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess. While, Especially after this pandemic. <laughs> in my mind, while there's so much happening around the world of cocktails, it just seems like hard, 
for one place to claim it in this day and age. Um, my my guess is that the pendulum will swing back at some point to where we people will may start to get tired of you know having to wait to get in because the cocktail place only lets in people that they can seat or whatever and they're they go back to i'm actually not really knocking this but let's uh, just for argument's sake the blue blue carousel you know, very good looking drinks that are easy to make very quickly that spend less time on, on what goes into them and more what they can pump out type of thing. It just seems like the pendulum will have to go back at some time. And maybe when that pendulum swings back and there aren't as many people really uh, honing in on the craft, maybe at that point you get somebody that does some variation and there's not enough other people doing it. And they can say, this one was mine at this bar and then that will take its will take its you know claim to fame and can be another classic. All right, I think we've got the blueprint. Yep, <laughs> you just gotta wait. Uh, yeah, but that's a good question. Both both of those good questions. Both thinkers. All right. Well, uh, thanks for calling in. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it was really fun. So, cheers, and I'll be listening. Cheers, cheers. to you, my friend. See you, buddy. Thanks, Myers. All right. See you, buddy. See ya. I don't know how to hang up on these things, so you'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some dumb questions. So you go, oh, hey, Myers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty good. I liked taking those. I liked having to have some uh, some questions from the crowd. I feel like you've been. Uh, noticeably quiet micah i said i was just here to here to learn this episode <laughs> you were not joking <laughs> i feel like i gotta go back and read the bitters book now yeah yeah it sparks some reading i i know yeah. i have it somewhere it's on the show oh, oh okay you do have it you didn't yeah. say you didn't, you didn't pipe up you didn't chime in when i asked you you didn't want to say i have it but i haven't read it it's been a while i got it a long time ago yeah, it's been um, out for God. I want to say seven, eight years would be my guess, but yeah, I think I got it like five years ago. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some updates, some new and new and improved movements when it comes to bitters. Well, Dinger, you were raising your hand to feel like you uh, did you have something to say there, or were you just? All right. No, I was saying I, 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 uh, pretty sure I also have the book, <laughs> but haven't read it in a really long time. Mm. We are very qualified for a podcast. <laughs> don't even read our books. Uh, no, that was good. I liked, I, I rather enjoyed that. We will have to, uh, bring, bring that segment back around. What do you guys think? Yeah, for sure. It'd just be like Myers every time. <laughs> yeah. Different different voices, different yeah. backgrounds. <laughs> Hello, <Maybe>. chaps. <laughs> I think it's perfect, especially in these times. Yeah. True. So we easy gotta, to do. Right? Uh, at least uh at least a couple more weeks of it. So keep it going. I didn't even mention to him or tell him about the uh three ingredient cocktail book. This has just been a 
a book review episode. Yeah, how is that one? I, I thumbed through yours and decided I wasn't going to get it. I don't remember why, but I took I it out read of my it. list. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I actually have uh, I have read it. it it's, I am trying to re- recall what. It doesn't have like a specific approach. It just really has a lot, basically all the three ingredient classic drinks for the most part. It doesn't like try to introduce new ones, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it, you know, it's enough to fill up a book. So only more evidence to my point that I'm, nobody's coming up with a new one right now. Well, I hope, yep. I hope you guys learned a thing or two. What, Micah? I was going to hmm. say, we got, we got some... Uh ways you can contact us this is the part where we give dingers personal phone number right yeah just like last episode yeah (laughs) yeah hit us up listen to these more (laughs) always parched at gmail um always parched on instagram we're pretty active there we're also very very active on facebook um so hit us up there always parched Anyways, hit us up and maybe go on iTunes, leave us a review. We're, uh, yeah, I think we're really getting into these. We're, we're really promoting these reviews now, right, Micah? Yeah, it'll definitely help. Uh, five yeah. stars. Kindly, please, and thank you. And uh, as always, um, stay hydrated out there and make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you keep distancing, you know, just like sure. us. We're sacrificing always parched hugs. So we can keep this going. We got such a backlog of hugs going right now. It's big time. Yeah. It's gonna be a long one. <laughs> when it comes back. We should just do an episode where we just hug the whole time. <laughs> Our wives will not mind. <laughs> they won't be there. Yeah. They would not be surprised at all. So no, they, they should see it coming. Mike, I know you. Uh, you just did the whole the uh, the quarantine cut. Yep. Yeah, Great buzz. But if I had a beautiful head of hair like yours, I'd be <laughs> I'd be hesitant to buzz it down too. Uh, yeah, I don't, I've never buzz. I've never had a buzz. I actually do it every few years. Just assess the landscape. <laughs> make, make make grumpy faces in the mirror afterwards. <laughs> what I'm working with. <laughs> That's good though. That's you, you know what you're. That is good. You want to <laughs> keep keep stock of what's happening yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, definitely. It's especially in the heat because my hair is thick and it definitely starts. Quit bragging. <laughs> pumping out some heat. I just really need a haircut. Is all I'm saying. And I'm really just. My name's know. Whoa, and I'm almost forty, but I got this thick, dense <laughs> head of hair, and it's just so hot here. Shut your face. <laughs>